0: Hi, and welcome to what you might think is episode 33 of Tea or Books, or episode 19A of the CZ movies, or a spin-off of the two. I'm Simon. Hello, I'm Colin. There thank you, you, for, f- thank, thank you for welcoming me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, you uh, see, when I do a podcast, I don't make the other person say their name, I say it for them. I should have prepped, sorry. Well, That's if you listen to my podcast, you know this. this is an excellent introduction to how slick this episode is going to be. <laughs> um, for those who listen to either of our podcasts most recently, you'll know that we're doing a crossover of my podcast, which is about books, and Colin's podcast, which is about movies. They, yeah, they both very cleverly have the thing they're about in the name of them. It's how you, that's a good SEO, that is. Yeah, although well, how does people know that yours isn't really about tea? Um, no, that's a good point. We're, re- talk- we're rebranding. <laughs> have you ever talked about tea on your podcast? We have. we <laughs>
1: Yes, I, we have. We, you
0: know, I've we, listened to some of your podcasts. We talked about well, we, did, we talked about whether we'd want tea or books. We didn't actually go into types of tea. Okay, but you know, we, English breakfast tea is obviously the best tea. It is just regular tea. There's no need for any of this fancy tea <laughs> No, that's if that were an expression, then sure <laughs> there wouldn't be any need for it. <laughs> um, actually, would you would you pick tea or books, Carl? If just what's the context? Just, just in the, general. What, so I mean, is this the only th- for the rest of my life or just right yeah. now? For the rest of your life, uh, I would pick tea. Um, are you kidding? <laughs> Isn't the whole point of T. Your books that it's supposed to be a difficult choice? No, yeah, right. And therefore, you can't be horrified <laughs> by her decision. Yeah, that's fair. I Sorry, we're it's, going it's, up... you know, a lot of a lot of books are, are on on film these days. So <laughs> that's, that's just what it is. Please keep listening, people. <laughs> I'll try and quash him. <laughs> um, oh, I should say who who we are. I guess Colin is my brother, and I in turn am, am his. <laughs> depending on which side of the, the podcast listing for to you're coming from. We're twin brothers. We are twin brothers. Identical twin brothers. Identical twin brothers, and yet, in so many ways, our taste in films and or books differs. They do. So, in the first half of this, we're going to do some some stereo, stereotypical, archetypal, normal, uh, to your book discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be comparing The Voyage of the Dawn Treader um, with, uh, by C.S. Lewis with The Line to the Wardrobe, also by C.S. Lewis. Um, do you want to tell us what we're doing in the second half, Carl, or is it going to be a big spoiler later? No, no, I'll tell Bill right now. In the second half we're talking movies, we're doing a couple of the segments that, uh, that I usually do on my podcast. Uh, the seed set of movies with Zijan. I don't I think you mentioned Zijan. Did, Sorry, did, you, Zijan. did, did you mention Rachel? No, hey, Rachel. but uh, uh, Rachel's not here. So um, how did Zijan take the news that you were you were dumping him for an episode? He didn't seem to care. Oh, um, right. Well, no. <laughs> no. He's a laid-back um, guy from what I, what I can hear. Yeah, no. I think he's. I think he's very excited by the prospect of uh, of of us stealing all your listeners. That's that's the plan. This is a kind of a a bit of a coup. Well, it could work the other way. Yeah, both your listeners could come to me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) say sorry. Mum and Dad already you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll be talking the films of Meryl Streep, and we'll be doing an Alfred Hitchcock quiz. I'm very excited about that. (laughs) Uh. All right. I'm I'm very excited about it, but I'm going to do very badly on it. Um we'll, couple, we'll cross that bridge later. Um, cool. So um so when we when we do our movie podcast, we usually talk uh movie news. Yeah. What what's new in the world of nineteen thirties books? <laughs> well <laughs> um there's probably some more more that have been reprinted. What we tend to do instead is talk about what we' what we're reading. Oh yeah. That's always news. I'm reading a book called How Not to Be Wrong, um The Hidden Mathematics of Everyday Life. Oh, <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, Jordan Ellenberg, I think. Okay, tell me more. Not about the name. That's probably all the information I need about the name. He, apparently, he did write a, a literary novel. I forget the title of it. Something to do with canaries or mirrors. Um, it was lent to me by by my good friend Anthony. Uh, I, I was slightly offended when he said. Here's a book called "How Not to Be Wrong." I, I thought of you, <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's. I, I'm a mathematician, as you know, but it's um, it's not necessarily for people. Well, it's not for people who have studied maths at any high level, but it's kind of showing you how maths is is very useful in the world. Bit of bit of stats at the moment. Um, There's had some some graphs and a bit of a linear equ- well, linear equation, just lines basically. It's all about lines. So, uh, for example, when you hear someone saying by 2048, all Americans will be obese. Which is an example he gives of a news story. Okay. He shows how that's not true using the power of maths. Well, yeah, that sounds dull. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you're enjoying it. I read a book called "But What If We're Wrong?" Um, oh, last yeah. year, which was about what well, I'm most cherished opinions as a, as a sort of well as a nation. He's American. He was talking about America mostly. What well, happens so if they turn out to be wrong? His example was the Beatles being the best band ever, which he said was taken as an accepted fact by most people. Yep, yep, that's true. I yep. was really thinking, oh, I don't really like the Beatles, TVA's Chuck, Costerman, I'm, I'm one step ahead of you. No, 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 the Beatles are the greatest band ever. they were certainly a band. <laughs> <laughs> that. that or what if we're wrong, though? What if we're wrong? What if, what if they, they weren't <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, good point. He also good described point. them as being part of the British invasion, which isn't how I primarily think of them no well fair enough didn't you talk about this on your podcast oh yeah probably sorry everyone you're hearing it that's one of the ones I listen to yeah right well people are often asking us to repeat segments in their entirety that's good that's good what are you reading oh thank you I'm glad you asked I'm reading um, a book called The Death of Noble Godavari oh yeah well it's called The Death of Noble Godavari and Godfried Künstler but I think it's two novellas in one rather than Godfried also dying the old boy novella hmm Okay, sure. Um, it's by Vita Sackville West. You've heard yeah, of I her, her haven't you? I have. You, uh, I, I read Orlando. Um, definitively and without question, the worst <laughs> book ever written. That was, that was I'd based like to, on her, right? If I find some sort of, like, sound effects kit, I'm just going to put in the sound of, like, a hay, <laughs> it's not hay bale going past, is it? What goes past? Tumbleweed.
1: Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed.
0: Tumbleweed. As, as our listeners think, gosh, identical twins, and yet one of them is such a darling. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Don't know there's a word that people use these days. Um, <laughs> um, so yes, Vita West is indeed the model for Orlando. In some way. I saw that you were putting uh, putting hilarious Vita Sackville West based tweets on the old Twitter recently. I did. How, how she's frail or something? I did not <laughs> She really is fragile. Yeah, she. Well, I mean, it wasn't based on much to be honest. She wasn't that fragile. The book's quite fun as In fact, like many of her books, it's about someone who inherits a house. That's how mm-hmm. jam. She was pretty bitter about not inheriting, um, Noel in Kent. Yeah, no, I've I've never inherited any houses. No, well, you've got them in common, Vita, but you do not have not been discriminated against for your gender like she was, Carl. Well, perhaps you have, but not in terms of inheriting houses. No. <laughs> but anyway. Well, um, good times. Yeah, yeah. No, that was fun. That was good. Um,. Since since you're, I'll tell you, you what other book I'm reading. Oh, you're reading more than one book. <laughs> Did, you, to be honest, Colin, I was only half sure you could read. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how it is when you when you've checked your email and you've checked Facebook and Twitter and, and there's nothing else to do. and You think, well, I might as well read this <laughs> this book that I've got on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I'm working my way through Robinson Crusoe. Oh right, well, that's a good choice because you were coming across as like you know, representative of the failure of the state school system. <laughs> and he's already been shipwrecked twice, and Has yeah, he? he seems I've never read it. And, well, he seems to have turned up in Southern England. It's a bit of an anticlimax. Was oh, the rest of it just his like tri- going well, taking orders in Margate, or something? Well, I think so. He's just, I mean, famously dinner in Margate. Is. <laughs> famously in Southern England. Um, isn't isn't it in Kent? <laughs> Cool. No one knows. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's kind of he's banged on about how the waves are really high and how all the sailors around him have never seen anything quite so bad. And then it's like, and then I met it with some with some people in an older shot. It wasn't an older shot. No shot. Sure. Uh, so and never like, don't, never, never remember that it was. <laughs> so, uh, so I imagine he's about to go for his third shipwreck. So, why why are you reading *Rums and What brought this on? Uh, it's free. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there so are lots of things. Yeah, (laughs) You know, it's one of the classics, son. You know how I like to read the classics. Well, I thought we should segue into our audience finding out more about your reading likes and dislikes and habits and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, And we can do the same with me and movies later, if you like. I I, I was already planning to, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, So... Well, i prefix this by saying it's one of the great sadnesses of my life, as you know, <laughs> that, that that we used to both be equally avid readers, and yeah, yeah. arguably I read more than you do now. <laughs> and indeed, you can argue that with concrete numbers. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I know I know this is one of the great sadnesses because you told me on a weekly basis. <laughs> How many books did you say you read last year? Oh, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I read a hundred, so there you go. Um but yes, okay. Tell, talk to me about uh what sort of books do you like? Just just in just in general. Just, well just yeah. Up, well, up. T- t- tell me your top top three books if you can, and then and then just in general. Just can can anyone can anyone really do that? Um at that moment, well, actually, I I, I uh, as you know, Simon, as you know, as yes. I'm sure your sure listeners don't. Um I'm I'm a fan of PG Woodhouse. I like mm-hmm. a I like a, a Jeeves and slash or Rooster book. Um <laughs> and <laughs> There are of them two it, Jeeves books without Worcester in them. Um, okay. I don't think I've read them, but, uh, and a bit of Blandings as well, but, uh, so I have recently been reading, um, uh, is it The Code of the Worcesters I've been reading? I did not No, it's the, um, Jeeves and the Feudal Spirit. Oh. Uh, but they're always, uh, I, I, P.G. Woodhouse, I think, is the, is the greatest comic author I've ever, uh, come across. Hmm. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I enjoy them a lot. I'm also, I'm, at the how do you, I don't know how you feel about audiobooks. I'm pretty sure you did a segment on it a while ago. Um, I don't think we actually have yet, no. Okay. Well, I, I've been listening to The uh, The Wheel of Time, which is a series of fantasy epics, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which I once persuaded you to read one of. In fact, when I, you read Orlando, I read... Yeah, um, yeah. The Eye of the World. It's long. <laughs> it is long, and that's partly why I got an Audible book, because uh, I was with Audible, and they said you got a credit to get a book. And uh, In fact, Anthony again suggested, because he'd done the same, why get any old book? When you get a 900-page book, it will last you. Well, it must be about four weeks long. Yeah, well, I, I listen I've been listening to it whilst I've been running in the morning, and it's taken about six months to get through the first one. Clang, uh, on I go running, course. I see. Just, just, throw, just throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. uh, I, I've been reading a bit more non fiction recently. I um, okay. read a uh, uh, biography of Tony Blair last year, and I'm uh, uh, very, uh, very excited about the books, but the Beatles were mentioned before, um, this. Uh, Chappie's writing three extensively long uh, volumes of Beatles. so far only one of them come out um, which was called uh, Tune In I think and we've got a couple more coming I'll give those a good old British niss fair enough (laughs) Um, well yeah that'll do unless you've got anything you want to say about the books you like Um, I also like books about maths (laughs) I will say that when people sometimes ask me what books you like and we do have at least three authors we very much like in common oh, yeah. of of Woodhouse as you mentioned Jane Austen and Agatha Christie mm. um, but th- after that we sort of part ways it's a long while since I've read Agatha Christie I've read, read the, well. I read pretty much nothing else from the age of about 12 to 15 and I'm sure I'll return to her one day and yes yeah. I like most of Jane Austen's books <laughs> Mansfield Park not so good it's not, not her best mm. I refer you to our Jane Austen episode and indeed oh, yeah. our Agatha Christie episode we've yet to do a PG Woodhouse episode I was at a uh, a pub at the weekend called and Woodhouse um, which had a, a pink picture of the Empress of Blandings on the outside but oh, there were two signs one that was slightly older than the other one and the older one spelt Woodhouse the PG Woodhouse way and the, the newer one spelt it the Emma Woodhouse way and clearly they have rebranded and someone had just spelt everything wrong. And that's probably more likely than them taking a sudden turn for, for the Austin Union. Austinian, yeah. Austinian. I was disappointed there was a, you know, an apostrophe in the word lose on every wall. Maybe a- Belongs to. <laughs> Dude, maybe. No, that didn't work, even Rebecca Lewis. Anyway. Rebecca Lewis? Well, wow, that wasn't. Exactly. There's a blast for isn't there? <laughs> also, to come Special up? guest next time. No, she's not coming near my podcast. <laughs> okay. By her own volition. <laughs> am, am, am I the first guest on your podcast? Uh, yes, you are, actually. It's very exciting. It? Yeah, it is exciting. Not the first person we've asked, but the first person we've asked. Voila. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> the, the second person you yeah. asked. There's, there's a dangling mystery that i shall not not ruin. the first person we asked says she might do it at some point but anyway very pleased to have you as a guest Was it, a it wasn't regularly she's she's looking through her diary she's she's busy okay um dear americans who don't know rebecca losers don't look it up you don't want to know uh. um let's go into our f- first and indeed only book topic today. oh yeah um, So C.S. Lewis. um <laughs> Normally, when I'm talking to Rachel, I'll ask her when she first came across these authors. I mean, I know all these things for you, but the audience saying, right. So, Carl, tell us how, when you first read the Chronicles of Narnia. Or oh. no, let's not go with the red. Hmm. When I was a small child, son, mm-hmm. a little younger than you were, uh, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was I was baptised, and and uh, my auntie Jack was my godmother, and she got for me the uh, the collected works of C.S. Lewis well not the place it works The, the Chronicles of Narnia um, which uh, I didn't read at the time because I was not able to read uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I I honestly don't remember when I first read them I remember The Magician's Nephew being read to us by mum mm, um, some of it anyway <laughs> yeah it was terrifying <laughs> mum <laughs> had to give up because we cried too much <laughs> so. um, I remember listening to it on cassette. Uh, the uh, London which is the wardrobe on cassette Um but most of all, I remember the BBC TV series, uh, which covered... Didn't, didn't do Magician enough you didn't do The Last Battle. And I think it crowbarred Prince Caspian and voiced dawn Treasure into one, didn't it? But, um, it didn't do Horse and His Boy either. Oh, uh, yeah. got on Horse and His Boy. <laughs> um, which I, I was going through a list of prequels the other day, and I was claiming that Horse and His Boy is a prequel, which I'm not convinced it is. Anyway. So what? <laughs> Well, I'm not sure, I don't know what he wrote them in, so maybe he wrote Silver Chair and then he's dotted back or something, I don't know. But it's even a. It's, it's not a prequel to that, though, that aren't, they, aren't they all adults, you know? I yeah. suppose it could. Are oh, were, no, oh, you're quite right. Set, yeah. set within the realms of uh, London's Wardrobe. That's true, that's true. I assume we can spoil these things, can we? Uh, we normally spoil everything. In fact, for those who don't know, I mean, everyone knows the Chronicles of 90, do don't they? But um, it's all about some kids going into a wardrobe. That's you've done your research, that's. that's <laughs> Solid stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that everyone knows about the Chronicles and Narnia, but we can talk more about the books. Yeah, yeah. When did you first come across them, so? <laughs> Actually, Carl, it was, about the, it was about the age you were, give or take, seven yep. to nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think mum read all of them to us, certainly she the Lion Merchant in the Wardrobe to us, um, after we gave up on the magician's nephew. Okay. But I think I read them for myself, probably not until I was maybe 14, something like that. I remember, well, I remember sitting at the top of the stairs and reading them, but I must have, I presume really that was it? only a small amount of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, rather than, yes, blitzing them all there. In fact, I think it was as mum dad were preparing for an epiphany party downstairs, and I was trying to finish one up. Anyway,
1: um,
0: I think I have probably only read them myself twice each. I read them then and maybe a couple of years later. So I'm not sure I actually read them. I could be wrong. I'm not sure I should have read them until I was about 20 or so in their entirety. I'm sure I had read most of them before, but um, when when the Lion of Small Joe film came out, which would be about then, I, I read through them all again uh, or possibly for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a favourite in the series and is it one of the to the. Actually, that's going to give away everything, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, I know what you like about them. <laughs> do, do we keep close to our chest which our favourite is? We tend to. We tend to only unveil um, at the at the teal book's decision which one we've picked, but often, oh, yeah. often it doesn't quite work that way. Often it's quite obvious from early on. Well, in, in an exciting twist, I think my favourite might be The Magician's Nephew. Oh, uh, really? Having, having been scared by it as a child. Uh, uh, so, what happens in The Magician's Nephew? Uh, well, it's a prequel uh, to The Line of Witch and the Wardrobe, and it tells you all about how Narnia and, and other lands sprang into being. Um, there's a kid, let's say he's called Edgar, that could be right. Sure. Um, and his friend, I know, Penny. Um, <laughs> 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 there's a real academic rigour. in the way <laughs> you discuss Biscoe, it's actually quite moving. <laughs> and uh, they have some magic rings. Uh, that are given to them by, let's say... Uh, <laughs> uncle something. Yes, Uncle, yeah. Um, and it takes them to a kind of a halfway land, which I guess probably isn't supposed to be purgatory, uh, with lots of ponds in it. And uh they appear in different places. If they wear some rings, they go into that land. If they wear other rings, they go out of that land. But anyway, you kind of get to see Narnia cast into being. He also goes elsewhere and finds the White Witch, uh, who will later be the very same witch who's in the title of uh, the of the Witch, the Mordro. Um, and then she... I think it's S.H.I.E.L.D. She's actually most relative of her. It's a while since I've read these. Um, mm-hmm. Comes back into London and causes havoc. Yeah, I've forgotten about that bit, Yes, yeah. He has to go and get... Then he has to go and get the apple from the tree to, to cure... His, mother, mother's his mother's it's cancer, cancer, yeah. yeah. It, it, it has the curious, the curious message to children that if you just try hard enough, you can cure cancer, which is not really... No, we may say that to the you know medical profession in their attempts to on- ongoing attempts, but sure, n- a sure, child but probably shouldn't be told that an apple a day is good, but it's not that good. Um, <laughs> oh. So why do you like that one so much? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, um. oh great! Well, you, you fit right into this podcast. <laughs> we, we tend to be fairly um, pathetic in our attempts to reason anything. Um, I, don't, I think it's it's a lot, it's a lot less racist than some of them. Um, Horse and His Boy is is pretty racist, isn't it? I can't remember. Is it? Yeah, well, I mean, there's some kind of some fairly thinly drawn, uh, I think probably Turkish stereotypes. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, you can kind of see why the BBC didn't dramatise that one. No. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think probably I don't, I don't like horror films or horror stories, as you know, but um, it kind of so it was, but just kind of scary enough to keep me on my toes as a. Not as a as a young, young, young As a 20-year-old. But, uh, but yeah, when I was 20, this is, this is awesome. Um, yeah, I, I like the world building. Um. So the one that most people will be most familiar with is, of course, The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. But in case anyone's not, it's um, set during the Second World War. Um, four children, Edmund, uh, Peter, Lucy, and Susan, who are all brothers and sisters, are evacuated. Remember, I so, was the real names. Well, yeah, I did. Like, Pevensey, surname and everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've raised my game. Um, come meet me here. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so Lucy, during game of Hide and Seek, m- goes into a wardrobe, stumbles through the back of it, ends up in Narnia, where it is always winter, but never Christmas, which I only realised recently. Must have been quite confusing if you're reading that in the Southern Hemisphere, where it's never Christmas during winter. <laughs> Yep, they must have been really confused. <laughs> yeah, oh. must have really cut them <laughs> off. <No. laughs> um, the, the lion is Aslan, though, um, he is a thinly veiled metaphor for Jesus, and, um. Oh, yeah. I know, I know, right? <laughs> Spoilers, guys, in case you didn't. Um, and, yeah, this is essentially, it is the, the tale of the crucifixion and resurrection told through a lion, <laughs> but it's brilliant in ways that that description does not make it seem. Um, and as the series goes on you get um, yeah Peter not Peter sorry um, Lucy and Edmund appear in the next ones mm. and, but, and then replaced by Jill and Eustace and essentially it just tells more stories of events happening in Narnia ending up with the last battle which is a big battle <laughs> is it the is it the first battle or is it it's somewhere towards the end I forget okay. oh no it's the last, the last one, oh okay. yeah. yeah um the uh, the old bloke that they they live with in, or they they get evacuated to mm. in Long of snow is that self same guy who may be called Edgar but might not be from Maybe uh the nephew professor right? mm. um okay. and like, like you colin vet and and at the same time as you <laughs> sure. was, um obsessed with the b b c Adaptation. Anyone who's only seen the films, go back and check the BBC adaptation. It's not—it's not the best of special effects, and it meant that until I was at least 16, I thought beavers were six feet tall. Yes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Instead, I'm still not sure they're not. <laughs> but, um, oh. but, <laughs> but it's entirely captivating, and and this—the book is really created this sort of ongoing legacy of ev- everyone knows about. You know, most people know about that world, even if they've never read it or if they've not read it since they're a child, and it's just so memorable the way that you know children are playing music, they, and seek, they love the idea that there are secret worlds that they can access in their house i mm. guess uh, <laughs> uh, only uh, only last year i told a uh, the daughter of friends of mine that, that her bed was in a was in a secret wardrobe because it was a camp oh. camp that i think, the wardrobe. Uh, like nanny i don't think she understood the nanny reference to be honest she's quite young but she was she was excited by the idea of a bed being uh, a secret bed and there you go thank you cs lewis Pinky's he You made it slightly easier for me to persuade her to sleep on a fairly uncomfortable combo. Okay. And that's what he'd won. <laughs> I think so. I yes. think so. Have you read any other C.S. Lewis? I have. Um, I was going to ask you that, actually. I've read three other books by him. Um, I've read Mere Christianity, uh, The Screwtape Letters, both of which um, are theology. Well, I guess you mm. is not letters, and it's a letter between um, demons about how best to corrupt the world. Mm. And <laughs> um, um, I've read those both quite a long time ago. The most recent one I've read is A Grief Observed. Oh yeah. Um which I s probably still about five years ago. But um that was really good. It was essentially about the process of grieving after his wife died. Um it was he published anonymously originally, but so apparently the story goes that so many people recommended it to him as a way of coping with his grief that he decided oh. to come forward as the author. Um that, so sounds, sort- that sounds like a lie told by a publisher to sell more copies Oh for me. sure, almost certainly. <laughs> Um, so that's sort of so it, like, sort of like, like yeah. Eleanor Ferrante am I right oh, yeah. sort of yeah yeah but sort <laughs> of yeah what's the lie that the publishers are telling there sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> that she's not, that she's called Eleanor Ferrante oh okay <laughs> well sure finger, I guess it's like that finger on the pulse um, um, have you read anything else by him I've uh, also read Screwtax Letters which is very good mm, Um very good okay. very thoughtful and I've read uh, The Great Divorce Oh, what's is, that about? Um, um, it's, a, it's kind of. I'm going to say it's magical realism, because I'm not entirely sure what magical realism is, and it could be that. You know, um, well, you know where you could find out what magical realism is? Uh, you haven't done a podcast on it, you? No, my, my thesis, <laughs> my doctoral <laughs> thesis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chapter one explains the difference between the fantastic fantasy and magic realism. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, give a quick phrase here for anyone listening that generally, magic realism. Set in this world, weird things happen, fantastic things happen, but they don't surprise anyone. So they're sort of incorporated into the natural laws of that world. Oh, this definitely wasn't much realism then. Um, oh right, okay. Um, it's it's kind of it's sort of telling a story about going to heaven, but not quite. A kind of people go on this trip to this this land and um. Where they go is is very permanent place. So, things like, but part of it being permanent is that they can't change anything. So, like, if they stand on grass, the grass doesn't crush because the grass is permanently there. It, it, the actual plot of it is, is very thin and kind of weird, um, but it's, mm. it's deriving kind of various philosophical ideas from it. Um, that sounds interesting. It sounds about Platonic. Thank you. Um, and it, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it reflects, yeah, it reflects various ideas about heaven. I'm not sure how theologically sound they are or, or in we really intended to be, but it's kind of musing on infinity. Hmm. Music on infinity is going to be the title of my next book. Next and first and last. Sure. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about the second book we're comparing with uh, yet. We should Let, probably mention maybe that. Maybe I should tell you what happened it. Please do. It's the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. The Dawn Treader is a ship. Um, it, we see Prince Caspian, who, we, well, in fact, is King Caspian, the 10th.
1: Um really? hi,
0: Well, good research. Yeah, I looked on Wikipedia this evening. Um, <laughs> who we previously saw in the book, Prince Caspian. Uh, he is going out to to seek oh, various things. Probably his father. Or something. I can't uh, remember what he's seeking, actually. Yeah. All it's all these old men. Yeah, I can't so I remember be... who they are or why he used to find them. No. Are they Are they the old kings of Narnia? Maybe. I feel that they might have been friends of his dad, but I could be wrong. Quick, quick break to say you're welcome to everyone listening. <laughs> You've passed so much knowledge. <laughs> anyway, he um, he uh, is joined by. Uh, by Lucy by uh, by Edmund isn't it um, yeah. by by Eustace everyone's favorite new character he mentioned before uh, e- Eustace Eustace scrub who almost deserved it wasn't that the phrase that is in the book um oh, yes. Eustace almost deserved having such a horrible name yeah. um they they uh, are in a room with a picture of a ship and this drags them into Narnia where they land in the sea where they they then join prince Caspian and Reepicheep uh the mouse and they go to at least seven different islands, uh, sure, hobnobbing around, <laughs> seeing what's going down. And yeah, Eustace is their, is their cousin and is a very unpleasant, um, sort of cartoonishly unpleasant guy who's like, a d- who doesn't want to hear their stories about Narnia and thinks they're awful. And it's a sort of a tale of redemption, isn't it? He becomes nicer as it goes on, partly he by does. turning into a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia describes him as being odious. Well, that's fair. Yeah. But um, I agree with you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Did you know, Simon, that it is the only nine-year book that does not have a main villain? What about Eustace? <laughs> what well, about that slave guy who kidnapped them all? Well, he's not a main villain. What's it, what's a main villain? He's <laughs> a villain on the street? They just mean the White Witch isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't write this stuff. Who's the main villain in Prince Caspian? The King, I guess he is, yes. Who's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, uh, the main uh, villain in The Last Battle? <laughs> Uh, the donkey thing no wait a minute that's the good one the monkey or Tash Um, (laughs) ah, did you know there's a uh, there's an alternative American edition how how is it different well Wikipedia's got a whole side by side comparison of the ending of chapter 12 oh no that's not if you want to just read Wikipedia there's probably a site they can go to for that (laughs) (laughs) Wikipedia.co.uk um well, is it I know <laughs> they've probably bought them all so there you go yeah lots of lots of quite more uh, episodic if I remember rightly because they, yes each new island they go to they've got their own little quest thing to do there yeah so there's quite a few again he's I think he's very good at the sort of vivid scenes that you remember and, so, and I'll confess that some of them I remember from the TV series more being terrified by the sea monster um, and also being rather terrified by Edmund trying to scrape his scales off yeah. Hmm. Useless. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> useless trying to scrape his scales off. Um, but there's lots of, there's the, is it the duffel pods? Is that the name? Oh, the, yes. The invisible creatures that, that hop on one foot, or indeed only have one foot to hop on. Mm. Um, there's, it, the, the other scenes I mentioned, the, um, no, I can't think of any other memorable scenes, but, well, there's but, the, the, bit where oh um. Am- oh, sorry, just remember the guy who crawls on with all the hallucinations and stuff. Yes, because there's a land of dreams or somewhere where all your dreams come true. But they mm. are worst nightmares. I know, isn't that horrifying? Is bit the, the pond where everything turns to gold? Oh, yeah. So I think it, it is, as you say, really episodic. Um, but so many really vivid and really memorable scenes he puts in there. Um, that, I don't know, do you prefer episodic or non episodic by the Witching Wardrobe? Um, I think they both work. Uh, there's, I guess, there's more, more clear parallels to to theology or to Jesus in The Line of Snorjo. So I guess Mm. that probably explains why it's a continuous narrative rather than jumping around. I mean, Voice on I guess you had lots of ideas and you wanted to throw them all in. In in general, I quite, I like to get to know a set of characters. So if Mm. it's two if it's two kind of jumping around different situations, I don't always enjoy that although in this one they obviously they have the same people going from place to place i guess it'd be like gulliver's travels in some ways that he goes to a land and you find all about that and then it's a completely different land and or be, the magic faraway tree or the magic <laughs> faraway tree uh, as, a, as an excellent alternative illusion <laughs> um, you're welcome yeah. <laughs> well, yes. a PhD. <laughs> have you read gulliver's travels I haven't read Gulliver's Travels. no. <laughs> I've bad. read. I've read a, I've read a, a sequel to it, written by T.H. White, called Mistress Masham's Repose. Oh yeah. My thing about Gulliver's Travels, I know we're not. I don't know. I don't know how much you hop around these. I oh, um, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, I, I read one with footnotes. And like all the time it's like, there's some line about some character and the little the front saying, this is most likely a reference to the third Duke of Edinburgh. And it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, this is, yeah. The king had recently denounced Norfolk, and this is probably an allusion to that. It's like, this is probably m- not as enjoyed as much today as it would have been at the time. A run out of clay, French. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, no, that's indisputable. <laughs> I'm lucky, though. Rachel's not here to correct my French. I apologise, Rachel, if you're listening. I don't know if you're listening. If you all listening. if you are any of Uh, no, no. No, I think... Uh, no. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't know. If, if you are, say... Hi, zee Hi, zee hi, hi, Rachel. Forward, looking forward to our podcast this weekend. <laughs> it's going to be good. Because, you see, we're we're not jumping out of continuity. So this is a spin-off episode for us. All right. Mm. Yeah. Just okay. to... Episode 20 locked, ready to go. And by ready to go, I mean we're recording it next Monday. That's what people tend to mean by that. That's fine. I mean, I don't know when I'm going to edit this. It might not go live until after your next episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who knows? I'm busy. <laughs> I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> well, we're taking our time, so we should probably come to a decision for this, half, um, even though we've not really talked about very much. <laughs> no. no, we haven't. <laughs> um, we've basically just given a, a cursory outline of the, <laughs> the plot. Not saying anything we think about <laughs> But like Mr. I prefer Lion in the wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Thomas is great. He's got the Mr. View. Thomas is great. Oh. For, for a brief period at university, some people nicknamed me Mr. Thomas. I just started growing a goatee. Oh, right. Could yeah. you also falsely kidnap people? <laughs> <laughs> Not falsely. Um, I also prefer the line than Mr. Wardrobe. Yeah, I, I think, think it's the a... university as being better. We've <laughs> 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 really broken new ground here. Well, I it was actually, I, I think I'm a bit closer to throwing the other ones than that because I do think there are so many interesting ideas. And the moment of wardrobe for me um, falls down a bit around the time we decide Santa Claus should be a character or Father Christmas, or whatever he goes him. because that just seemed odd to me that he brought it in. Okay. Um, Have you seen the film of The uh, Voice of the Dawn Trader*? I didn't know. The, oh no, I did see it, yes. I, um, I can't agreed. remember anything about it. It, has, it, it introduced the kind of green mist for, that was thematic in some way. Yeah, right. Like The Great Caspian, sort of. Not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I just really like those that set of four characters. I think they um, work together really well. I like the sort of jumping in and out of the world a few times the whole do they, do they believe her no they don't believe it. Now they do believe her so it's, it's, you know, it's setting up the world I guess I know he, he wrote it first didn't he even though it's not the first one in the series yes yep. so I like the whole setting of the world and him, so you can sort of feel his excitement about exploring it it's also the first place I came across the phrase mothballs oh it's also the first place I came across Turkish Delight there you go I <laughs> learnt so much from that book and to this day I don't know why Enel would willingly eat what is clearly the food of the White Witch. Yep, it's cursed. That's what it's I tell people. Cursed, cursed, cursed. So, there you go. We've both picked um, Limelight and Wardrobe. <laughs> uh, please let us know which is your favourite in the Chronicles of Narnia and any other C.S. Lewis books you think we should read. I mean, I might. Colin probably won't. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you might slot them into the six books he reads in 2017. <laughs> well, I've never read Mere Christianity, so one of these days I'll, I'll read that. Oh, yeah. it's I think I own it, so. I mean, I don't own the rights to it. Just, <laughs> just have a coffee. again, I, I only assumed you meant anything. <laughs> right, we well, nailed that. that's halfway I heard it was beautiful. And in this space here, we may or may not have the theme tune to the seat set of movies. Oh, wasn't that great? That was pretty great. It was really beautiful. I enjoyed that. That was some good times. Uh, Usually, this is where I do the intro. Um, This is the CZ Movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. With me is not CJun, but with me is Simon. Yes. Hello, Simon. Hi. I could spell Simon with a Z if you like. Simon. Great. Uh, (laughs) If you've just joined us, (laughs) how how could that be true? I think I'll fast forward through the first half an hour, to be honest. (laughs) if you want to just skip the books bit it was the easy, I might, actually. <laughs> that's true <I> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you weren't listening before we said hi to you um, we are talking movies now that we've done the books bit um, as I mentioned before we're talking uh, a little bit about the films of Meryl Streep um, picking out our favourite and least favourite um, and everything, everything in between definitive ranking of all Meryl Streep's films will we? All no, of them? no we're not doing that <laughs> she makes um, so many We've also got a little quiz about Alfred Hitchcock. In fact, specifically, uh, the the top 10 films of Alfred Hitchcock, according to the first link I clicked on when I googled, ranked Alfred Hitchcock films, which is IndieWire. (laughs) 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 Symbolic. But before we do any of that, Simon, I'm going to find out a little bit more about your, your movie... Taste your movie history. Um, it's worth saying that but as movies, as in books, our tastes don't align, but we have mm. tried to fix things where we might have some sort of agreement. We have, yeah. So, Simon, can you tell me, do you have a favourite movie? Uh, I do, and it might be a spoiler for my favourite Meryl Streep movie. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> because it's The Hours. Okay, what's uh, so what's great about The Hours? So, as I believe you mentioned, actually, in your last episode, um, oh, yeah. it's it's, um, well, it's an adaptation of a book by Michael Cunningham, which is about... Virginia Woolf, sort of. So it's in three timelines. One of them is Virginia Woolf writing Mrs. Dalloway. One of them is a woman in the 1960s reading Mrs. Dalloway. And one of them is a modern day, for them, the 19, late 1990s, um, woman who was very much like Mrs. Dalloway. Um, okay. And it's just, I thought the book was really good, but the film, it's easier in a film than in a book to bring together three different storylines because you can do it all in the space of you know 10 seconds or something just by having clips for three of them it's really beautifully done really beautiful soundtrack by Philip Glass great cast not just the main three Nicole Kidman Meryl Streep and Julianne Moore but you know every small part is played by someone great like Ian Atkins and Tony Collette and you know, John C. Riley. nothing um, wrong with John C. Riley? I mean, he made Step Brothers, but still, we won't help that against. Him. Everyone's made bad films. Claire um, <laughs> Danes. She's an it was like Is she? Oh well. Yeah. Um. So that's my favourite film. So you'd yes. say it was better than the book, would you? Is that what you'd say? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No. Fair <laughs> um, what Simon? What song was the first film you ever saw at the cinema? Well, it, it was The Secret Garden. Oh, yeah. Which I saw with my brother Colin <laughs> Is that for our 7th birthday? 8th birthday? I think probably 8th, yeah. Um, starring the wonderful Maggie Smith um, mm. as the housekeeper, at, um, whatever her name was. <laughs> and also, one of the few films out there to uh, a character called Colin. I was going to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I also, saying. not even
0: an old man. No. I mean, in fairness, he was, he was an invalid. <laughs>
1: Yeah, of course,
0: and he would be an old man, like over 150, if he was still around today. But yeah, but uh, yeah, one of the great, one of the great uh, film Collins. Um, mm, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, my general my tastes tend towards either comedies that I know are terrible but love them, right? Like it's a boy girl thing, or yes. <laughs> um, she's the man. Obviously, is a brilliant comedy. I one not think I count. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Um, or, I, I do like quite, you know, arty, indie type of films as well. I oh. can't think of any examples right now, but I do. <laughs> and then I like lots, I do watch some films from the 30s and 40s sometimes as well, which are fun. So you like the uh, I think like the Academy. Forgive me if mm-hmm. I if I'm wrong. Tend not to enjoy films uh, of what well, the, the genre films. As some so people are going to say like the Academy are racist. But I'm glad you <laughs> <laughs> So all the like genres like sci-fi or uh, horror or fantasy. Yeah, basically none of the above. So yeah, like, I, I'm terrified of horror, obviously, and I'm just sure. not particularly interested. Although in, know, so the musicals count as uh? a. Uh, yes, I'd say that it is. Yeah. So you like, like you like musicals and comedies, most like the Golden Globes. It's true. And I like a documentary. I'm getting more into documentaries recently. Oh, yeah. Um, so my second favorite film was Life in a Day, which uh, you've seen, haven't you? I have. So they asked lots of people from around the world to send in clips of what they're doing on that day and then put them together, essentially, into a really interesting pattern. But I tend to find Netflix is quite bad for regular films, but there's quite a few interesting documentaries on. So I tend to okay. so look at the documentary section if you want to see... Documentary about non nonagenarian fashionista Iris Atfell. I can recommend the documentary Iris. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> one of two films I love called Iris. I mean, I don't love it; it's partly <laughs> strong, <laughs> but it was I've, fine. I've seen the other one. um What was the most recent film you've seen at the cinema? It was La La Land, m- much nominated at both oscar and winner many Golden Globes. Mm. Yes. So if you want to hear more LinkedIn. about La, La Land, you can listen to our last C of Movies podcast. I did. I All did. about Yes. <laughs> I was kind of, kind of talking to the listeners more than you, but for sure. No, no, no. <laughs> Before that, the, the last film I saw at the cinema was Bridget Jones' Baby, I think. Which I've not seen, but probably it's not bad. It's much, much better than the second film in that series. Yes, um, well, yes. It's not a second, is it? And almost as good as the first one, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. If there was a film of your life, Ooh. A, who would you want to play you? And B, what would it be called? Oh, right. Well, I mean, obviously, I'd like Judy Dent to play me. But if, if you you're we When you say obviously. <laughs> who wouldn't want Judy Enter to play them? Men? <laughs> She's very blessed at that, actually. Right. I don't know that she has played a man, actually. No. <laughs> this could be her first. Uh, I think I'd actually like. Um, the guy's name I can't remember. Sure. Okay. He's in Trainwreck. What's his name? Bill Hader. Bill Hader. I'd like Bill Hader to play me. Yeah, I could see that. Because he's like movie playing. I obviously really handsome. Sure. But could co- come across as playing. <laughs> and I don't want, you know, I don't want to be arrogant to say I'm going to film really handsome. Um, and I he's, see, he's I, see very... a, I see a lot of Ryan Gosling in you, son <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we have a lot in common. We can both play the piano. Um sure. arguably he's probably better than me after learning for three <laughs> weeks or something. Yeah. But um but yeah, Bill Haley is very funny, he's quite quite you know geek. I think I'd like him to do to play me. Who did you I can't remember who you picked when you did it. Neither no, can I. I, I usually say Matthew Perry. Um yeah, sure, yeah. So I'll stick with that, I guess. But yeah, first choice to do dance just to clarify. Sure. <laughs> and what's the film called? Oh, what's it called? <sighs> hmm. Well when, when I was asked what I want my autobiography autobiography, uh, autobiography to be called, I always said otherwise because in French it's Sinon, spelled Simon with an N instead of the M. So I'm really thinking what, what it will be like in translation. <laughs> so I'm gonna stick with that. Otherwise. It's the single worst answer I've ever heard of my life. <laughs> it's pretty bad, isn't it? My life's very boring. I don't know why I call it. I, I'm sure a life doing. much less ordinary. Much you know, a life more ordinary. A life more ordinary. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who's watching these films. <laughs> cool. I think those are the in- intro questions I, I, I have. You Because you are... I don't know if this counts as you being a guest on the c to z movies. Probably not. Well, I thought oh. it would, but you didn't do it, Carl. didn't do it like no. that. Well, I'm, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later I can be the first guest you have on the c z movies if this is a huge hit with your listeners. Well, we've already had a guest on the c to z movies. <laughs> oh, have you? Who? Uh, James. Oh, James, oh yeah, I didn't listen to uh, that because no. it was Star Wars Right, I and mean, he answered these questions you see. To, now, Who did uh, he want to play him? Uh, I think he went. Well, in fact, he suggested that Phil film might say Ricky Gervais um, oh, yeah, I but see that. in the end we settled on Russell Crowe oh, Okay, sure Australia's own Right, those are the integrations. Now everyone knows everything they could possibly want to know about you and your taste in movies Yeah, that's fair Which means we move on to Meryl Streep First up, Meryl Streep overrated what do you think <laughs> well I heard that somewhere recently yeah mm. I, can't remember where. Um, I don't know how much you talk about uh, politics in your, your podcast we try and avoid it yeah we try and avoid it too <laughs> to be honest cool. but we have said that we hate Trump <laughs> so we, <laughs> avoid it th- we avoid it that hard <laughs> right <laughs> just well, in passing anyway. <laughs> Most people also seems to hate Donald Trump um but she's also made a lot of movies. I've seen 13 of her movies. I've seen 13 of her movies? Whoa. Oh my gosh, it's like we're twins. I expect, I expect they're not the same 13. Well, I I haven't included the hours because I'm confident I've seen bits of it. I don't think I've ever seen all the way through. You included it in your Nicole Kidman. Was I, it a I did. I'm, uh, oh, I think yeah. I put it, well, I add it as a bracket, maybe. You're inconsistent, Colin. <laughs> I am inconsistent. Do we read out all the ones we've seen? Um, oh, yeah, that's a quite tiresome isn't it? we could do that I mean that's probably not the entire segment <laughs> <laughs> no we just we just talk around until till we get bored that's that's how this works okay, uh, okay. Um, well, what, was, uh, what, was what was the you, first one you saw Ooh, I've, I've written down in order of release rather than the order I've seen them in the first one I saw may well be the devil wears Prada I really like that film. very funny. Yes, I saw it as a a housemate um, who predicted the entire plotline based on the opening montage. Oh, right. Which is pretty impressive. Um, That's one of the few cases where I might say the film is better than the book, because the book is terrible. I read the first page of it once. Lauren Weisenberg, I think it is. Okay. Um, I saw it in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. um, and didn't know anything at all it was about. Man of the World. Oh, that's right. I've been to the Philippines. I've been to Asia, guys. Um, my friend thought it was about devil worship and so she didn't come, but they discovered that it wasn't. Um, she's great in it. She's very formidable and got nominated for an Oscar for that, didn't she? She, yes. I mean, she gets nominated for an Oscar for everything, so it's, so. <laughs> Not all of these films I got here. No. The, f- the first one I saw was The Hours. <laughs> okay. It might come up quite a lot. <laughs> Although, I possibly the one I. I I may have actually seen AI artificial intelligence before that, which is garbage. And um Is he in the Well according to IMDb, I don't remember being it at all, so maybe it's quite a small small role. Have you ever seen Sophie's Choice? No, I haven't. It's um I've got it on DVD but I've not seen it. do you, do you know what her choice was? <laughs> well, I learned this. I think possibly from you because I thought it was which one lived. It wasn't. It was just which one dies first, wasn't it? Well, I think she, she chose which one lived, but the other one died anyway because they were in a concentration camp. So just to bring the mood down. But it, it's it's um the, the framing of the book, or, well, the film. I assume the book as well. Um, it's like it's all set kind of like twenty or ten to twenty years later, uh, where this guy is uh, falling in love with her basically, and she tells the kind of the story, the flashback of how she lost her children in the war. But the whole kind of Sophie's choice of it just comes out of nowhere. There's a prison guard who just you know, that had no, never been in the film before. That there's no sort of connection. Nothing. He just says pick which child lives, and it just yeah, seems, well. it just seems like they kind of. And again, the book might have done it better. I don't know, but it just kind of seems. What's the worst thing that can happen to a parent? Let's just write that without kind of any attempt to justify it. It's, oh right, it just felt a bit out of nowhere, really. We might get that one a miss then for the time being. Go for it. Um, about <laughs> the the Iron Lady. you Seen that one? Nope. <laughs> she plays she plays Margaret Thatcher. She does it very well. Yeah, I mean the film was otherwise widely panned, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was a pretty poor film. Uh, I think it was. Uh, well, we'll avoid talking politics on this one, but it, it was kind of framed as if Margaret Thatcher was the first woman ever in Parliament. Um, yeah, that's well. not quite what they said, but it kind of like, no other women were ever seen. It seems like you just have her standing up against a braying men and poor old Nancy Esther. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> and that woman from Sinn Fein, who was actually the first, but I can't remember her name. Sinn Féin, really. She was the first MP, but not the first sitting MP. Because yeah. in the Parliament. Still did. Okay. okay. Um, I have seen some really bad films with her in. Oh, yeah. Um, Death Becomes Her. That's terrible. Okay. You've seen that, haven't you? You didn't watch it together? Did we? No, I don't think so. Maybe if not. So it's a... Oh, I can't even remember the plot, really. Something keeps people alive in their sh- shot or something. I just remember them wandering around with a big hole in the middle. Yeah, no, I saw a clip from it they, when they were giving her Honorary Golden Globe, I saw the kind of the montage thing that they put together. Yeah, I, I've not seen that film. Yeah. And I like Mamma Mia, but it's probably not very good. Was she um, also nominated for that? I think they gave her a miss for that one. Um, and Prime, have you seen Prime? I've not seen Prime. <laughs> I have seen Prime. <laughs> so, <laughs> Meryl Street plays... Um, Uma Thurman's sex therapist but unwittingly sure, is sure, sure. that Uma Thurman is dating her son. Hi Jinx. Ha <laughs> <Huh. laughs> it's, it's not I imagine it's not a role she's proud of. <laughs> no. Most of it is her just like pushing her glasses at the end of her nose looking shocked. shocked. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone doing it better. Yeah I well, know uh, she does do it very well for what it is. Um, speaking of films which she's in that aren't very good um, Lines for Lambs is uh it's a political drama uh, where she's alongside Tom Cruise, and if I remember rightly, Robert Redford, but that might not be true. I believe it. It's a good cast, um, but it's just incredibly dull. <laughs> they just sit around desks talking to each other about, you know, the politics and the war and stuff. Okay. Yeah, good. Mm. There's a couple of films I've seen her in that I thought were really good, but she only appears in them quite briefly. I oh, know. Yeah. Um, Suffragette? Oh, yes. Despite what the PR team want you to believe, she's in it for about five seconds. <laughs> even though it's stuck on all the posters. Yeah, Well, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, I suppose weird. would. Yeah. Um, and I really like the film Evening. Do you know yeah. that one? Never even heard of that one. Yeah. Um, so, it's a novel by... Oh, someone, and something. Mm. Screen... <laughs> so, I see this, your book's podcast is... instead. Uh, <laughs> <good> <laughs> and something. <laughs> Derwood, it's not Derwood. The um, screenplay is by Michael Cunningham of The Hours fame. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, and... I actually I've seen it twice. I didn't love it the first time, but I really did not like it the second time. It's basically about the um, this wi- a wide group of friends and family spending uh, some time together in a holiday house, and the weird love triangle that happens while they're there. But it's all very. I mean, I think they're remembering this from in the f- future as well. It's got really great cast It's got lots lots of red graves <laughs> in it. Right. Um, it's got um, Hugh Dancy plays with the lead male. Okay. Um, lead female is woman well, now I can't remember who's Meryl Streep's daughter. Oh, um, yes. Mammy something? Yes. she's got, She's got at least two daughters who act. Um, yeah, so she's really, really good and Meryl Streep appears as the older version of her towards the uh, end. Okay. So only quite briefly. I think that's right. Or is it her mum? I think it's the older version of her. Um, yeah, I can't remember. But, but anyway, she popped up for one scene to have a really nice scene with Vanessa Redgrave, actually. Which oh. I Imagine they both enjoyed acting with each other. Yeah, you know, one of her daughters has got a, a recurring role in uh, The Newsroom, Aaron Sorkin TV oh. series. Um, she does a role. Well. Um, so some of her earlier films, uh, the, the earliest one she was in that I've I've seen is The Deer Hunter, um, which is most famous for the Russian roulette scene with uh, Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro. I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> I've heard of the film, I've never heard of the Russian roulette scene. No. Um, to be honest, Just, I, I, sw- I don't know where my hearing's going. <laughs> I couldn't understand anything anyone was saying most it was of the Robert, most how of Robert them. De Niro does his acting maybe? I mean that that might be it <laughs> Um and then uh Manhattan where she uh, I think she played Woody Allen's ex Woody Allen's ex-wife Um no no <laughs> that's the earliest one I've seen her in oh, yeah. and she plays a sort of young ingenue that he's trying to convince to run away with him and I think maybe she's Bank... not the, she's not the young ingenue isn't she no Oh no, you're right sorry who's the young ingenue I, I don't Not yeah, not a. I don't know the actress. But I don't think she's done much else. I could be wrong. Yes, I forgot. She only pops up to be the ex-wife and look dreary in a lift, doesn't she? Mm. She has great hair in that film, though. She got great hair, <laughs> but it's a rubbish film. I think it's. I think it's a good film if it's a parody. Yes, yeah, so that was. I came away with thinking because um, it's the idea that we're supposed to cheer on this guy running off, this you know fairly middle-aged guy running off with a fifteen-year-old. Yeah. The so, I mean, I mean, if it's Woody it's, Allen, so who knows? If, it, I mean, if it's a parody of, of that kind of film, then it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, I don't think it is. Or is it a prophecy? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> Woody Allen burn? there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to um. lawyers. <laughs> Different Woody Allen. Right. That, does that count as a say? I don't think it does, no. <laughs> no? no, 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 no. Um, One of the other films, early films, that I saw and told you to watch, oh, yeah. and is brilliant, mm. is Kramer vs. Kramer. That's a great film. She's so good, in it, and as is, what's his face? Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, who normally annoys me, but was brilliant in that film. Yeah, no, I, I think that probably, li- leaving to to my favourite of the list, I think Kramer vs. Cromer* is my favourite Meryl Streep film. Although, I think having not seen it, I thought it's kind of going to be a, an equal two part of like kind of two hander, so Dustin Hoffman versus Meryl Streep. But suddenly um, it's, it's much more about him, and she's got a supporting role, but she does does it fantastically yeah. well. And a really lovely story about learning to become a father, essentially. Mm. and it's also how i learnt uh how to make french toast, french toast. Mm. do you know what they call french toast in france carl uh toast they call it pain again excuse the french pronunciation which means lost bread. Oh. Isn't that nice flipping french um <laughs> the most recent five films i've seen is florence Foster jenkins um oh. for which she has just been nominated for an oscar uh which is very good um Hugh Grant is better than she is in it. I'm just going to come out and say it. he is fantastic in that film. I, I know you haven't seen it yet, but um, yeah, it, it's about a real-life woman called Florence Foster Jenkins who uh, uh, enjoys singing and music but is terrible at it, and uh, kind of no one wants to upset her by telling her she's terrible, but it gets to the stage where she's hiring up Carnegie Hall. Um, I think she's good in it, although about halfway halfway through I realised that she reminded me a great deal of Hyacinth Bouquet, um, mm. in the role and after that it became difficult to <laughs> to watch her but yeah Hugh Grant is phenomenal in that film um, I will, yeah I do tend to watch it at some point I sort of wanted to watch that French one which was about the same thing mm. yeah yeah but you know, we've got the time <laughs> <laughs> certainly not me right so I think we're agreed that we, the, 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 the hours is, is not the best Meryl Streep film well it's my favourite because you, you and ZZ always have to agree the same one don't you well we always say that but we never really bother so, right. uh, so I'm going Kramer versus Kramer um like and just took stick with the hours. Okay. Um, and the, although I uh, did like Postcards from the Edge, which is quite topical at the moment because it's about was the novel written by Carrie Fisher. Yes, I've not seen that one. I should do mm, it's good. And oh, she's got a that's, lovely that's, voice that's, uh, in it. She sings a song in it, and it's beautiful. Yeah, she's. I've into the woods. She, uh, it's, and it's, I've seen, seen that one as wrong. well on a plane. Me too. <laughs> on, on a TV. Postcards from the Edge think, is, a, is a Roman a clay, is it not? Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know if it's that clay. Are they, are they given different names? Maybe they are. I, can't I believe they are. Um, and the worst what's the worst song well you know I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to say Manhattan because I thought it was so ridiculous but Prime has to be up there okay. I think I'm going to go with AI even though I don't remember in it because it's one of the relatively few films that I've given away um, I think I sold it because um, I it was, to me <laughs> didn't. no because I didn't want it in my collection anymore there you go Meryl Streep done nailed it good work team Yes, I can care. <laughs> um, now, when Dijon and I do this, we always uh, end with a quiz on a topic that we have uh, briefed in advance. Um, we will do the same here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do so badly in this quiz. So, it's an Alfred Hitchcock quiz. Uh, I realised today, really, that Alfred Hitchcock was far too vast a, uh, a topic. So, we've narrowed it down to uh, IndieWire's top 10 Alfred Hitchcock films, which uh, meant that you had to rewrite most of your questions. Yeah, because I'd prepared, I'd written. All my five questions and three of them no longer counted. Very sorry. Do you know how many of these top ten films I've seen, Carl? Um, well, I'm gonna—I'll run through them and then I'll try and guess. So um, okay. the films are Notorious, Vertigo, Psycho, Rear Window, The Birds, Strangers on a Train, Spellbound, Shadow of a Doubt, Rope, and Rebecca. I know that you've seen Rebecca. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've seen any of the rest. You're right. <laughs> I think <I'm, laughs> I think I might have seen like a tiny bit of Rear Window while you were watching it. Never heard of Shadow of a Doubt. No, I've not heard of Shadow of a Doubt, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, personally, I, I've seen all of them apart from Shadow of a Doubt and Notorious. I think you might do better in this, uh, although, actually, very little that I've asked is about the films. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't really ask you on like plot or scene things because I've not seen them. Fair enough. <laughs> I have Notorious in my, in my collection. I haven't got around to watching it. But since the good people at IndieWire say it's the best film you ever made, I should probably check it out. Yeah. Right. I don't doubt IndieWire. I never have. No. Um, right, I'm going to ask you the question. Question okay. one, number one, question one. Right. Which Hitchcock film from this list mm-hmm. appears as if it were all filmed in one single shot? Oh, well, I think that is, based on my cursory research, oh, yeah? Rope. You are correct. Yes. one <laughs> Um Coincidentally, my first question... Is also about rope. Is the answer rope? It's not. No. Uh, who wrote the play on which Rope is uh, based? The also the author also wrote the play Gaslight and the novel The Slaves of Solitude, which incidentally was on my was the best book I read in whichever year I read it. Well, yeah, I should I, I really should have read more about the people who wrote the plays mm-hmm. and yeah, should, should, should have seen that coming. I, <laughs> I told with making all of them that, but only, okay. only two of them are going to be. Read. Okay, um, I've seen Gaslight. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's oh, good. Yeah, no, I got enjoyed food it. poisoning. The night I watched it, I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't pay much attention to who wrote the play. Um, was it Michael Cunningham? S- Some time before he was born. Sure, <laughs> it was not. Oh. It was Patrick Hamilton. Huh. Well, there you go. On One now Quiz over. <laughs> All right. Question two. <laughs> okay. Who plays the female lead in Notorious? I looked at. I looked these up. Oh yeah. Something. Um Ingrid Bergman. Correct. Two no Uh question two. I wonder if mine are gonna to be too hard. <laughs> but you see, you know, she's on the other foot. You always make Gizan's questions too hard, pause. <laughs> whoa whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's what I hear. Um Question two, Judith Anderson played a role that was later played by Diana Rigg in a different adaptation. Which role? Well that's a good question. Hmm. What's her name? Judith Anderson. Judith Anderson. Uh, the only, looking down this list, I know that there are a couple of versions of, in fact, I, look, I know there are a couple of versions of Strange on a Train, but I don't think it would be that one. I reckon the only one of these that would have been done again would be Rebecca, and it's probably the old lady. I'm gonna say Rebecca. Um, I asked you for the character. Are you saying Rebecca for the character? Oh, do you ask me the character? That's that's hard. Um, was the mad old lady the housekeeper? Um, I'll give you that. Yeah, Mrs. Danvers. That's the one. Yes. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, question three: in which Californian city is Vertigo set? <laughs> well, I know. I think two Californian cities. Oh yeah. Do I know two? So I think Sacramento is in California, but I wouldn't swear to it. Okay. Probably not. And Los Angeles is definitely in California. So I'm gonna go with Los Angeles. Angeles. Uh San Francisco, I'm afraid, isn't it? Of course it is. Is Sacramento in Los well, listen, in I, California? I I don't know. I don't I, th- I don't think I mean I've been to California and I haven't been to Sacramento if that helps. I've got uh, a feeling I thought of Sacramento because it begins at S and I just really think it was really thinking of Samazet's game. Tough break. Oh well, oh well. Sorry to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, question three: Who directed, and it's not as easy as you think? Right. The 1998 shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. Oh, it was. I think it was Gus Van Sant. It was indeed. Yeah, there you go. PG. St- Starring Vince Vaughn. Starring Vince Vaughn. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I've seen clips from it. Um, he is not very good. Well, of course he's not. <laughs> Actually H- Hacksaw Ridge currently in cinemas or soon to be in cinemas. Um. He is in that in a supporting role and he's actually good. Oh don't don't make him the new Matthew McConaughey. No, He's a like one. used to be terrible and then became became Oscar nominated. Axel Ridge, great film, check it out. No. Um the question four. Which of these films from this list of ten uh, was Tippy Hedren's cinematic debut? Oh well Hmm <laughs> now I know she was in the birds. And I know that she was in well, Marnie, but that's not there. He did like to reuse the same actors, but I, since I know she was in The Birds, I'm going to stick with The Birds. That's correct. Yeah. Three. three. Here's another Who Wrote question. You're on 3-12, three, you You're right? Oh. Yeah. Um, well, you've got two of mine, right? Yeah. I've got three out of four, right? Yes. Correct? Okay. Who wrote the novel on which Strangers on a Train is based? The author also wrote The Tandem of Mr. Ripley and the two faces of January I, oh. I saw this I thought I could ask this but there's no way he's not going to ask this um, <laughs> it's Patricia Highsmith it is Patricia Highsmith uh, great great film actually Strangers on the Train I mean this, it's apparently the sixth best Hitchcock, but yeah I enjoyed that one it's funnier than a lot of his films no I've not seen Strangers on the Train but I have seen Throw Mama from the Train <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> well there's going to three all with a question left each um, so your question five. Which Spanish artist was brought in to work on a dream sequence in Spellbound? I read read this as well. Oh yeah. Salvador Dali That is right. Okay. Oh, so Cole, you've got to get this even to draw. If you get this wrong, you lose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Hitchcock famously never won an Oscar for directing, True. except we have that honorary one later. <laughs> Um, but it was nominated five times. Name any of the directors who beat Hitchcock to be having <laughs> awards award. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> I know, you got a choice of, you know, yeah, five okay. times. We can do this. We can do this. Um, I am going to say David Lean. David Lean? No. no? Wasn't he, wasn't he like, I suppose he was around the same time, wasn't he? He yeah, did uh, uh, second Lawrence of Arabia in the 60s. I thought it might be a... Yeah. Uh, now your options were John Ford um, for The Grapes of Wrath when he was up against Rebecca Liam McCary for Going My Way up against Lifeboat Billy Wilder for The Last Weekend up against Spellbound Elia Chasm for On The Waterfront up against oh, yeah. The Way Window and Billy Wilder again for The Apartment up against Psycho. Billy Wilder I've seen uh, I've seen at least two of those films maybe more um, good work you, hooray I win you know more about films than I do well do- my question's too hard <laughs> <laughs> Uh, th- th- there's always some. Basically, whoever loses claims the other person's questions are too hard, so <laughs> yeah. yes, definitely. Um, I mean, again, again, I couldn't ask any questions about the plots of the films themselves because I've not seen them. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I mean, I could have watched them in a preference, because we did give me about three hours' notice about which films we'd be considering. That is that is not, uh, not untrue. <laughs> yes. Well, what a time we've had. Oh, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows, we may even do it again sometime. Maybe we will. If you've or enjoyed this, life, r- r- let, oh, us, yeah. let, let us know. Oh, comment, yeah. Oh, th- Yeah, comment. <laughs> <laughs> comment, comment now. <laughs> anyway, I just go, thank you very much to the people who've left reviews on the Teal Books iTunes page. I didn't realise you had to log into different countries to be able to see that country's reviews, so I didn't realise we had three reviews from Aust- Australia Ooh. and three reviews from America. Thank you very much. Thank you to anyone who wants to tweet to see the set of movies oh yeah do that tweet at follow them yeah tealbooks don't have a twitter account well actually they do I set one up but I've never used it we have a twitter account that we don't really do much on it I'll be honest but uh, (laughs) but, 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 yeah say hi but where can they follow you Carl Uh, me I'm at Colin J Thomas on twitter I wouldn't recommend following me there really Um, (laughs) it's just a big old bunch of nonsense Um, (laughs) if any of you want to I'm not going to stop you And you can follow me at stuck underscore in a book if you don't do so already, which, guys, you should. I tweet all the good stuff. (laughs) Were you tweeting about, uh, Emmerdale quite a lot recently? Oh, and always. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot of people who listen to this watch Emmerdale. It's fair to say. Mm. Um, tune in to. Episode thirty four of Teal Books where Rachel and I will be discussing Messelina of the Suburbs by Ian e. Delafield and A Pinty of the Peep Show by F Tennis and Jesse. Carl, are you gonna read those and listen in? Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um and uh, <laughs> tune into the C D Movies, uh, episode twenty when we're talking about alien antagonists in films. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Death becomes her if it counts. You might have been alien, isn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> more, more more not. No. <laughs> yeah, spoilers we're not going to be talking about Death Becomes (laughs) how do you normally end these things we just say thanks for listening bye okay thanks for Thanks for listening bye bye